It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't look now, but Notre Dame has had a string of good news lately with potentially even better news coming very soon. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Monday, December 11th, so thank you for getting your week started right here by making this your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Tyler Wojak. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018, and now I'm a producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports, made easy. So remember a couple weeks ago when it seemed like we were hearing nothing but bad news about the Notre Dame football program? Guys were leaving. A coach got fired seemingly out of nowhere. Well, the tide has certainly changed since then, and the Irish are on a bit of a hot streak lately, and I see that continuing throughout the rest of this week and then potentially next week as well. But today, we're going to go over the three big announcements that we got on Sunday, uh, and I'm really excited about all three of them. Notre Dame finally made it official. They announced that Mike Brown is going to be the next wide receivers coach, and today I'm going to explain why I like the hire and also why why I think the concern about this move from from some Notre Dame fans, I should say, is a little bit misguided. I'm also going to talk about Howard Cross's decision to return to Notre Dame in 2024 for his sixth and final season of eligibility after having an All-American caliber season in 2023. But let's start with Notre Dame's newest addition to the wide receiver room, former Clemson wide receiver and top 50 high school recruit, Bo Collins. Bo Collins is the second wide receiver Notre Dame has picked up in the transfer portal this cycle. Former FIU wide receiver Chris Mitchell was the first. And Collins brings a... a a size and a level of experience that Notre Dame desperately needed uh, in this cycle. Collins is six foot three. He's two hundred ten pounds, and he can play the boundary, which is huge for Notre Dame because last year, uh, once Deion Colsey and Jane Thomas went down, they really did not have a true boundary receiver. So they tried mixing and matching guys out there. I think even Chris Tyree took some snaps out there at some point, and that is just not what you want out of your boundary receiver. So Collins can certainly fit that mold. He's got the size, uh, and he's played that position a lot at Clemson in the past. And for his career at Clemson, he has played in 32 games, and he started 27 of them in three seasons. Um, So he's very experienced. This will be his final season of eligibility at Notre Dame. He started right away. Uh, or I shouldn't say right away. He started during the second half of his true freshman season. Again, he came in with a ton of hype around him as a recruit. He played at St. John Bosco, which is a national high school football powerhouse. It's actually located not that far from me out here in Los Angeles. That's where Kingston Villamuasa um, currently goes to high school. It's where um, DJ Uyunglele went to school. They produce a bunch of top talent every single year. And Bo Collins is that just a few years ago. Now, His career at Clemson hasn't been quite what people hoped it would be, but still he's been very productive uh, for his career. He has 91 catches for 1,230 yards and 11 touchdowns. In this past season, he recorded career highs in receptions with 38 and receiving yards with 510, plus he added three more touchdowns. And if you were to compare that what to what Notre Dame had this past season, his 38 catches and 510 receiving yards would both have led the team uh, for the Irish this past year. And really, when you look at Collins, like he broke out 
later uh, in his true freshman season, and there was a ton of hype around him, and they're like, oh, wow, he's going to be the next great Clemson wide receiver. And while that hasn't happened for him, we also have to point out everything that's happened at Clemson during the time that he's been there. Um, Cade Klubnick is not quite the quarterback that Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson uh, were when they were at Clemson. And the offense has gone through a lot of changes, both with the coaching staff, Brandon Streeter, that experiment did not work out. And then the Garrett Riley thing in his first season, that really didn't work out as many Clemson fans are hoping. So even though he hasn't produced at the level people would have expected him to when he was coming out of high school, there's still a lot of potential for what he could do at Notre Dame. So Let's point out the obvious. I think that this is a really good pickup for the Irish. They really needed a guy with this kind of experience and a proven veteran on the outside. Now they have two because Chris Mitchell has also played a lot of college football, albeit uh, at a lower level school at FIU. So I feel a little bit better about the transition for Collins going to Notre Dame compared to Mitchell because that's a pretty big jump in competition for Chris Mitchell, but it's not for Collins. Like he's been playing on the biggest stage throughout his college career. I also think that from a personality standpoint and a culture fit at Notre Dame, he's going to fit right in. Notre Dame was actually recruiting him really hard out of high school. He opted to go to Clemson. Now he's coming to Notre Dame. So from that standpoint, I think this is going to be a really uh, seamless transition for him. And I think that he's going to be able to be a leader in that room, despite the fact that he hasn't really been around Notre Dame that long. Um, I also think that he brings uh, an ability to make contested catches and Notre Dame just was not really making a lot of contested catches last season. Like how many times can you remember a wide receiver going up and making uh, a catch on a 50, 50 ball? Probably uh, you could count them on your hand, but he uh, Collins had nine contested catches on 16 tries last, last season, which is a really good number. Uh, and 27 of his 38 catches went for a first down. And he's not a burner, uh, but he does have long legs, and he eats up a lot of ground when he runs. Even though it doesn't look like he's running that hard, it kind of reminds me of Miles Boykin. Now, Miles Boykin uh, was fa- is, is faster than uh, Bo Collins is, and um, Boykin proved that at the combine when he shocked us all and ran like a 4-4-40, which is really impressive. So I'm not saying Collins is that fast, but the way he runs is a little bit similar, at least in my opinion. Uh, um, So I think there's plenty of good things to like about Bo Collins, but there are some concerns. And for me, uh, my biggest concern about Bo Collins is the drops. It's an issue. Remember when Xavier Watts had that interception against Clemson that bounced right off a wide receiver's chest and then Watts nearly took it back to the house for a pick six? And that receiver who dropped it was none other than Bo Collins. Bo Collins had the third most targets of anyone on Clemson last season with 62, but he also had five drops. And his percentage of targets caught, 61.3%, was actually the lowest of any player on Clemson with more than 20 targets, uh, of which they had eight. So eight different guys on Clemson had 20 or more targets. And of those eight guys, Collins uh, had the lowest uh, percentage of targets caught, which is not great. Um, And he's not really going to make guys miss. He only had 189 yards after the catch last season, which is fine. Um, It's not great. It's not terrible. But what I also... What also concerns me when I look at Collins is that a lot of his production, at least last season, uh, was against some of the worst teams on their schedule. His best game of the year was against Charleston Southern when he had seven catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. So great game against a terrible team. And then his second best game was against Georgia Tech, uh, who finished 6-6 six and six this past season. And against uh, the Yellow Jackets, Collins finished with five receptions for 65 receiving yards and a touchdown. So... 
On one hand, I'm confident that Bo Collins is going to be able to produce against the weaker teams on Notre Dame's schedule. And if you look at Notre Dame's schedule in 2024, it's really, right now at least, we don't think it's that difficult. But how is he going to hold up against some of the better corners that Notre Dame is going to face next season? Like against a true, you know, future NFL type guy. I don't really know if he's going to be able to produce at a high level. Now, again, going back to what I said earlier about his struggles at Clemson, like Kate Klubnick wasn't doing him a ton of favors and they ran a pretty vanilla offense, even with Garrett Riley. They did not make the leaps that a lot of people would expect. So there is a chance that Collins comes to Notre Dame and ends up having the best season of his career. I mean, I brought up Miles Boykin earlier and he had a really slow start to his career and then really turned it on during his senior season. So we've seen guys before, especially at wide receiver, break out in their senior year. Should that be the expectation for Collins? Probably not. But I don't think anyone is asking Bo Collins to come into Notre Dame and be Michael Floyd or anything like that. He just needs to be a consistent, reliable option on the outside, someone who can make a play on third down, someone who can go up and make a play uh, with a cornerback draped all over him. I think Bo Collins can do that against most of the teams that Notre Dame is going to play next season. And I feel very strongly that he's going to be much more consistent than what Notre Dame got out of Tobias Merriweather last season. Um, so I think he fills the need at a depth chart. I think he brings a ton of experience. I think that he has the ability to potentially have the best season of his career. And when you look at the wide receiver room as a whole next season, they're starting to not only reload, but upgrade at the position because now they have Bo Collins and they have Chris Mitchell, who they also had in the transfer portal. They have Deion Colsey and Jane Thomas. Hopefully they're back healthy next season. Those are four seniors in the room. Plus they have sophomores, Jordan Faison, uh, Jane Greathouse and KK Smith. Plus, they're going to have three true freshmen, three highly talented true freshmen in Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, and Logan Soldate. That's nine scholarship receivers. That's a solid room. I think they still need one more scholarship receiver, and they can get that out of the transfer portal if they get to 10 with that group. Uh, I feel really good about that room. Is it a college football playoff caliber wide receiver room? Probably not. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But it's a significant improvement over what they had last season, and that is a big step for the Irish as they head into 2024. So I really like this pickup for Notre Dame. You know what's also good for 2024? Having an All-American at defensive tackle, and it looks like the Irish will have that again after Howard Cross announced his decision to return for a six-year. That's coming right up. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we move on, I want to remind you that if you're watching on YouTube and like what you hear, 
Please like the video below by hitting that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Also, if you're listening to the podcast, please rate the show five stars, leave a nice review, and subscribe there as well. Okay, so this time of year, we're, we're talking a lot about new guys, new faces via the transfer portal, and I get it. It's very exciting, but also a big piece of, of this time of year is finding out who is going to return uh, to Notre Dame for the upcoming season, whether or not they're going to leave for the NFL draft. And so far, I feel like most of the news we've heard about Notre Dame players deciding whether to stay or go, most notably Blake Fisher, who announced his intention to enter the NFL draft. Most of the guys have decided to leave, but Notre Dame got some good news in the form of Howard Cross announcing his decision to return for the 2024 season. Uh, he posted that on social media today, and I thought it was pretty funny. He just was, like, excited for next season and a, a fun video to go along with it. But this is a absolute, absolutely huge decision uh, for Notre Dame and really helps their defense out for next season and really their whole team because I think Howard Cross is an early candidate to be a team captain. I think he's going to be a a great leader for the entire team next season. Um, And it's going to be his sixth season of college football. Uh, I can't really imagine living in South Bend for six years, but credit to those uh, that do want to stick around and play a little bit longer in the blue and gold because I'm certainly going to be enjoying uh, watching Howard Cross play for the Irish next fall. This has been rumored for weeks. Uh, I've, I think I've alluded to it on this podcast, but still, now that it's official, it is a huge boost to the team. And to be honest with you, it's kind of hard for me to believe, um, considering the season that Cross just had. Like I fully anticipated that he would leave to the NFL because he was just so unbelievably productive. I don't know how he could really improve his draft stock, but I'm not really concerned about him improving his draft stock. I'm just excited that he's going to be a part of the roster next year. But when you look at his stats from this past season, it really does blow your mind. He finished second on the team in tackles with 64, had six tackles for loss, one sack, two forced fumbles, and he also uh, defended two passes. He led the team in quarterback hurries with 36 and run stops to 32. And, you know, when you talk about this last season for Howard Cross, it really starts with that Duke game when he just completely dominated the Blue Devils for the entire game and and had a, a type of performance that it's really like once in a lifetime. He had 13 tackles and three and a half tackles for loss, plus the game ceiling play on Riley Leonard, who, if you're listening to this right now on Monday afternoon, he might be the uh, he might have already announced his decision to transfer to Notre Dame. More on that later this week. Um, but he forced a fumble on Riley Leonard there in the last play. It was recovered by Maris Leofau, and that was the game. He had that great bow after the play. It was awesome. It was an unbelievable way to cap off an all-time game by Howard Cross, and then he continued that the rest of the season. And that level of production, specifically on the stat sheet, is great for any defensive lineman, but particularly one on the interior because defensive tackles aren't really known for racking up a bunch of stats. Like the way that the position works, what they're being asked to do, it doesn't really lend itself to a bunch of big numbers. Like a lot of the time they're just eating up blocks, eating up double teams and creating um, lanes for the linebackers to come in and make tackles. And, you know, they're not rushing off the edge, getting sacks all the time because they're not dealing with, uh, just one tackle. They got to fight with the center and the guard uh, and potentially a tackle coming down in a double team. So it's a really, really difficult position to light up the stat sheet. And somehow that's exactly what Howard Cross was able to do last season with his play. Uh, and that's a big reason why he was named second team All-American by Walter Camp. And I believe Pro Football Focus had him on one of their All-American lists as well. Although I don't, I don't think that the Pro Football Focus All-American uh, list is it has quite the stature as Walter Camp. No disrespect to Pro Football Focus, I use their stats all the time, but still, 
you get my point here. Walter Graham has been around for a long time. So, again, I don't really know what coming back for next season really does for Cross's draft stock. Um, I think he's a very dedicated student at Notre Dame. He's getting his master's degree. So I think there is an academic piece to this as well. Uh, But Jim Nagy, former NFL scout, the director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, tweeted out this year multiple times, actually, that Cross had improved his NFL draft stock as much uh, as any senior in the country this season. So if he is able to build on that going into next season and um, have an even better season in 2024 than he did this past season, then that's like... We're, we're talking about Howard Cross is one of the best uh, defensive linemen to come through Notre Dame in the past couple of decades. Like, he would be at that level if he's able to produce at that level next season. Unfortunately for him, his, his size is always going to be a concern at the next level. Uh, he's six foot one, 288 pounds, which is actually pretty undersized for an NFL defensive tackle. But he has such quick hands, and he plays so hard. He has great technique that he's able to make up for a lot of that. And he is just a force in the middle. Like, there were some times this season when he was just unblockable. It didn't matter who they threw up against him. He was going to get by him. So as for what this move means for Notre Dame next season, I think he's likely going to be a captain, as I said earlier, and he's going to anchor that defensive line unit. And if Riley Mills, another defensive lineman who's considering whether or not he should take his game to the NFL or return to Notre Dame next season, if Mills comes back, then that is a dominant interior defensive line. And that is two grown-ass men playing football on the interior of the defensive line, and they will dominate most of their opposition because Riley Mills will be uh, entering his fifth season. Cross will be entering his sixth. So they're going to be some old dudes there playing in the middle. And Notre Dame is going to need that because they're going to be forced to play some younger and experienced guys at linebackers, such as Drake Bowen uh, and Jane Osbury, as they work to replace J.D. Bertrand and Maris Leofau, uh, who will be going to the NFL after the season. At the time of this recording, we have not heard whether or not Jack Kaiser will return to Notre Dame next season. I think he will. It sounds like he will. And it'll be nice to have an experienced guy like that uh, in the linebacker unit. But still, they're going to be playing a lot of young guys, and they will benefit greatly from having a guy like Cross playing in front of them. It'll make their life a lot easier. And if Mills comes back too, then it's even better for them, right? And then if Watts comes back at the at the back end of that defense at safety, that middle, that line, or the, the spine, or the battery, as they call it in baseball, will be rock solid for that Notre Dame defense. And that's what you... That's what you need, right? That's a great foundation to have another stellar defense next season like the Irish had this past season. Um, I know that Notre Dame is still in the market for another defensive lineman, specifically edge rusher, to replace Javante Jean-Baptiste and Nana Osafa-Mensa. The Irish hosted R.J. Oben, uh, a defensive end from Duke over the weekend, and by all accounts, the visit went really well. Tom Loy from 24-7 Sports tweeted out that he think, or excuse me, he reported that Notre Dame is in a really, really good position with uh, Oban. Notre Dame is still battling Florida State for Oban services, but it does sound like the Irish might be in the lead uh, after he was on campus this season, or uh, this weekend, I should say. And Oban is one of the top players in the transfer portal, like not just at uh, the defensive line position, but overall. So if Notre Dame were able to land him and retain Mills, now that they already have Cross, like that is a college football playoff caliber defensive line. And it's actually kind of funny to think back about our expectations for the defensive line unit going into this season because I, like a lot of people, had my concerns. And now we're talking about this group being like one of the best in the country if they're able to keep Mills and then add uh, a piece or two in the transfer portal, specifically R.J. Oban, because I think he could be just a huge pickup for the Irish. So 
Right now, you're looking at a Notre Dame defensive line who at least has one guy, like a leader in Howard Cross, who was their best defensive lineman this past season. I think he was even better than Javante Jean-Baptiste, and they're going to have him for next season. I think that's going to go a really long way for that defense and a long way for the team as a whole. So just great, great news for the Irish. Uh, And again, a lot of good news happening lately. I think we're going to get more coming soon. And uh, this is one of those that's not necessarily in the transfer portal, but it's still as important, uh, if not more, for the Irish heading into next season. All right, coming up next, we're going to flip it back over to the wide receiver room because Notre Dame officially hired the man to replace Chancey Stuckey. This episode of Lockdown Irish is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. And you've heard me talk about Prize Picks before on this podcast. I have had so much fun playing it during the football season, and now you can play during basketball season as well. You just select two or more players and pick more or less than their projected stats and place your entry. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and is not returned in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy and that's just one of the reasons why I think it's the best daily fantasy game out there go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 that's pricepicks.com slash locked on college code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 pricepicks daily fantasy sports made easy Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during March your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. On Sunday, Notre Dame officially announced Mike Brown as the next wide receivers coach for the Irish. And... I've talked about Mike Brown a little bit before on this podcast. I think the first report came out um, about a week ago that he was likely going to be the hire, and then now it's official. And we also found out that he's going to be hitting the ground running because he's going to be coaching the wide receivers before the bowl game. So that's great to hear. Uh, He's also, I'm sure, pretty active on the recruiting trail and talking to these transfer prospects. So this is great, right? Now it's done. We can move on from it. And let's go over the bio again. Uh, In case you haven't heard before, Mike Brown spent the past season as the associate head coach and wide receivers coach at Wisconsin under Luke Fickle. He made the move from Cincinnati to Wisconsin with uh, Luke Fickle, where he served as the wide receivers coach from 2019 through 2022 and was actually the passing game coordinator for the Bearcats in his last season with them as well. He played wide receiver at Liberty, was a two-time All-American, and he had a brief stint in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars, pretty much immediately got into coaching and has really skyrocketed up the ranks. He's only 35 years old, um, but is one of the um, you know fast risers in the coaching industry, and it comes very highly regarded to the Irish. He developed three guys into NFL players during his time at Cincinnati, including Alec Pierce, who went from a three-star prospect rated outside of the top 1,000 players nationally at the high school ranks, and he turned him into a second-round NFL draft pick. Uh, he also uh, developed two other guys in the NFL draft picks as well. And as it's been talked about a lot on this podcast, other podcasts and articles, yes, Mike Brown did cross paths with Marcus Freeman when they were at Cincinnati. They worked for two years together. He also worked with cornerbacks coach or Notre Dame cornerbacks coach Mike Mickens as well. And Brown is the fourth former Cincinnati assistant on the staff, including head coach Marcus Freeman, quarterbacks coach Gino Godoli, and Mike Mickens, as I just mentioned. And I guess there are a lot of fans out there who are upset by this because they think 
Freeman is only hiring his buddies and he's not expanding his coaching searches. But personally, I think they're missing that point. First of all, the idea that Mark Freeman only hires people who he knows is just factually incorrect. It's it's false, right? He had never worked with Al Golden before, before he hired him to be his defensive coordinator. And when he was looking for Tommy Reese's replacement as offensive coordinator, his first two options that we know of were uh, former Kansas State offensive coordinator, now Texas A&M offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, and Utah OC Andy Ludwig. Those didn't work out for reasons you already know. We've gone over this before on this podcast. We don't have to do it all again. So then he promoted Jared Parker, who is someone that he's very close with, even though they didn't work together at Cincinnati. But again, like promoting Jared Parker was not his plan initially. And then look at the offensive line coach, Joe Rudolph. Rudolph worked at Ohio State when Freeman was there, but I think Rudolph was only a GA. I don't think they were particularly close, and they never coached together anywhere before Marcus Freeman decided to hire him. And before he hired Joe Rudolph, Marcus actually tried to get former Georgia offensive line coach Matt Luke. He tried to pull him out of retirement before he hired Joe Rudolph, but Luke decided uh, he enjoyed living a normal life more than the grind uh, of being a coach right now. So he didn't get him, but he was pretty close. And the fact that he... Uh, went to him first, shows you his initiative. Marty Biaggi, no working relationship with Freeman before he was hired as special teams coach. So this idea that Freeman isn't willing to expand his network is just flat out wrong. And the guy, uh, the guys he's hired from past experience have worked out really well so far. Even though he didn't hire Mike Mickens, I don't think anyone is complaining that Mike Mickens uh, has a job at Notre Dame because he worked at Cincinnati. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I think that what people are missing here is that it's pretty telling that these coaches like Gino Gadulli, like Mike Brown, are leaving a more experienced and proven head coach in Luke Fickle to join Marcus Freeman and his staff at Notre Dame. Now, I, I understand that the programs are not apples to apples, but still, working at Wisconsin is a big-time Big Ten program. They have a bunch of money and Both of those guys had worked with Luke Fickle. I assume they really like him, considering they were willing to move from Cincinnati to Wisconsin with him. And then they were like, you know what? I actually would prefer to work with Marcus Freeman instead. I think that says a lot, especially considering that a lot of people wanted Luke Fickle to be the head coach at Notre Dame. And he could be a very good coach at Notre Dame if that were to ever happen. But still, the fact that these guys are leaving Fickle to join Freeman, I think says a lot about their belief in Marcus Freeman and the job he can do at Notre Dame. Um, I, I, I don't understand why more people aren't focusing on that aspect of it and the fact that they're choosing to work with Freeman um, over Luke Fickle. I, I think that is more telling than anything to me. And the fact that Luke Fickle, who we all agree is a really good coach despite the fact that they finished 7-5 and five this past season, the fact that he signed off on these guys uh, has to mean something right? Like he's not an idiot. He's a really good coach. So I think Mike Brown is a really good hire for Notre Dame. And I understand that there's some concerns about his recruiting ability and I get it. He hasn't really brought in the type of top tier talent at Cincinnati and Wisconsin as what Notre Dame is hoping to sign with each recruiting class. But I also think that uh, when he's at Notre Dame and he has the benefit of a coach like Marcus Freeman, who is just a dog in the recruiting trail, I think he's going to be a lot better recruiter. And not to mention Cam Williams, Notre Dame's highest rated receiver prospect in the class of 2024, has nothing but great things to say about Mike Brown. And it sounds like the other commits feel the same way. So even if that's sort of a wait and see thing with Mike Brown, we at least have some evidence that the guys uh, who are going to be signing at Notre Dame here in just over a week feel really good about him. So I think that's really good. Um, and expectations for him were, will be high on the recruiting trail because even though it didn't work out with Chancey Stuckey, one thing he could do is recruit. Um, he recruited 
two really good wide receiver units in back-to-back classes. So if Mike Brown is able to take those guys and develop them and improve their careers, that's going to be great. And if he can recruit at the level that Chancey Stuckey did uh, and be a little bit better at developing them, I think that's going to go a really long way for the Notre Dame wide receiving core. Uh, either way, Marcus Freeman got his guy. It's my understanding that Notre Dame looked at him when Freeman was assembling his first staff, but Tommy Reese, when he's the offensive coordinator, like Stuckey over all the other options, and that's the reason why they ended up hiring him. So now Marcus Freeman has built a staff with, yes, some guys who he has worked with before, but also guys who have had success and are also young, who are hot commodities in the coaching industry, and I, I feel really good about this hire. Now Freeman has a staff of his guys. He still has to hire strength and conditioning coach. That is a very, very important hire. Maybe now that he's able to get some of the transfer portal stuff out of the way, he's hired a re- receivers coach to replace Chancey Stuckey at a time when the speed in which he needed to hire him was very important considering the transfer portal window and considering how many guys had just left Notre Dame at the position. Uh, I think now that's going to be... If it wasn't at the top of his priority list, I got to imagine it's going to be one or two because that is a very, very important position. And I think we'll get news on that here probably in the next couple weeks, I'd imagine. Uh, I think Mark Stream wants to get that over with. And um, that's very important as he gears up for a pivotal season in his third year as the head coach of this program. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for making Locked On Irish your first listen of the day. Uh, Luke Smith is going to be back at tomorrow's show, as he is on every Tuesday, to talk more about the transfer portal. And maybe by that point, Notre Dame might have a new quarterback in the uh, name of Riley Leonard. We're going to have to wait and see on that. Remember to uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Uh, follow the show on social media. The X account is at Locked On Irish. Instagram is at Locked On Irish Pod. My personal Twitter account is at Tyler W O J C I A K. I expect this to be another very newsy week uh, for the Notre Dame football program. So you're go- you're going to want to stay locked in or locked on, I should say, to this podcast because we're going to have a, a da- uh, an episode up daily uh, to react to everything that transpires. But for tomorrow, I'll see you same time, same place. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.